everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Celebrate You, the podcast on personal development for the millennial entrepreneurial woman. Today, we have a very interesting topic that sometimes we forget to talk about, and it's our bodies and nutrition, the impact of body, mind, spirit, and nutrition. So today, we have Noemi from Mimi's Real Food as our guest. So hello. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this talk. Yeah, but (laughs) it's mine. Awesome. Okay, so I guess like my favorite standard question to start everything is, can you tell us a little bit about you and your story and how you ended up doing this type of work? Yes, I will. It's always difficult to know where to start because you kind of forget when it started. I will try. So <laughs> I think my story with nutrition and health started in my early 20s, although it wasn't a good start. Um, I felt like a lot of us into this cycle of diet, going into a diet, falling out of it and going back into a diet. Mm-hmm. I obviously didn't like my body. I had very low self-esteem and I think that was not Seeing it from from where I am now, I can see that I was actually self-sabotaging myself. And and then around that same time, so that was in my early 20s, I left left to live in London. And one day I received a call from my mom um, saying that she had precancerous cells in her uterus. And obviously it's my mom. Mm -hmm. And I was extremely scared, extremely worried. And yeah. that same exact same day, I went to a library, a small library in London, in Notting Hill, and I found this book, which is called Anti-Cancer, by a French doctor, which is who is David Savant Schreber. And I, I was so impacted by this book because basically it had a list of all the food that could contribute to your health and help you fight cancer and a lot of other types of disease. Away because. I was never seeing food as a way to heal your body before. To me, food was almost something as a reward or a punishment, you know? Yeah. Because of this cycle of diet I was in. And suddenly open this door of food can be so much more and can help you in so many ways. And so I started reading all these books. I really taught myself on how on help wanted to help my mom, my mom as well. So I learned about all the benefits of those food. We started implementing them into our daily life. And then I as a result, I forgot about um, diet cycle. Exactly. I, I completely forgot about it. I really fell in love with nutrition. And um, that's how a few years later, I started my blog, Mimi's Delicacies, which was to me a place of feel good food. I have this motto of delicious and nutritious food. So I wanted to create delicious sweets, brownies, pancakes, cakes that were tasty Healthy. and also really good for your body yeah because I can't literally I can't I can't have a day without something sweet in it but I'm so conscious about my health that I also need that something sweet to be good for my body and then I I studied nutrition a holistic nutrition and and that's how I came here to become a holistic nutritionist and that took me a lot of years and you're constantly learning new things the new things that come out every single day, new studies. So I'm so curious by nature. And, and that's amazing because there are new things you can learn every single day on how Beautiful. to heal your body and, and heal your mind as well. Yeah. Which we can talk about. <laughs> yes, it's like, I was like, we can talk about like so many things. 
And, but I think it's important to start like at the beginning, especially yeah. because that's something that most of us as women, maybe men as well, go through through teenage years, some of us more than others, but it's like associating our self-worth and self-image as in confidence to how we look and our bodies. So you mentioned that you, when you were growing up, well, we were a teenager, like you were in the cycle of dieting, but you use the word, mm -hmm. you did not have self-confidence. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on what, how did that look like for you? The, the lack of confidence? Yeah. It, it looked like wanted to be in very small, not wanting to be seen, um, not wanting to, because of not wanting to be seen, it's actually not wanting to be judged, right? That's uh, the reason why you don't want to be seen. And co constantly comparing myself, I think in society also, and even more now with social media, not so much at the time, but we had that kind of thing going on in high school and secondary mm -hmm. school as well, when you compare yourself with others. And so, yeah, the lack of confidence also comes from a very early age on how your mother was speaking of it from, for me. And the, the reason will be different from, for every single person. But for me, I think it comes from the fact that my mom was constantly criticizing herself and she never criticized us. I mean, she was always telling me you are beautiful and always praising me. But still, I, as a kid, as a five-year-old, I was seeing my mom looking at herself in the mirror and just criticizing herself constantly. And, and you kind of reproduce what you see, especially at such an early age, from the age of zero, from the time you're born until seven years old, that's when you build everything in your mind and how you're going to behave in a later age. So that has quite a big impact on myself. And that's why um, I think I like confidence mm. as well. Yeah. That is super powerful. Everything that you just said. <laughs> yes, it starts with our childhood. And like you say, it's like we pick up the habits of our mom. So even our mom didn't speak badly or aggressive to us. On the contrary, it's like, oh, you're smart, you're, you're special. Yeah. Like all of that, we learn from observing. Exactly. Absolutely. How they relate to themselves. Absolutely. And it will be the way you relate later on to yourself, unless you do some inner work and you really try first to find out what the reason. And it really came to me not that long ago when I realized that was the reason why I lack so much confidence and I don't want to put the blame on no, my mom, no, which is not, is never her fault. It was never her fault because actually she may have been repeated something she had seen herself when she was younger, you know. But only recently I realized, because I was writing a lot and doing a lot of inner work, I realized that maybe one of the reasons, not the only one, but it started at such an early age that I think is one of the main reasons mm. I like self-esteem and, and confidence. Yes, and yeah. I, I, I loved how you put words into how self-esteem looked for you. Because it's very easy to say, oh, I'm not confident or I don't have self-esteem too. How does that really look like? Because then we give we open the door for people to start having more awareness on mm -hmm. how exactly oh am i comparing myself to others whether it's exactly or in school or at work absolutely to me it really was it looked like that like constantly comparing myself to someone else 
and and so it never ends you know someone else someone else will always have something that looks a bit better but it just depends on the way you look at it you know yeah. um and not really this problem of not wanting to be put at the forefront not wanting to express myself or to be seen and and you can build that confidence by forcing yourself into those situations but the first step is really really difficult yeah yeah and then how in your mind like those years ago what was your relationship between lack of confidence and food and dieting yeah so i guess for me the easiest way or the only way i could have some sort of how can i say control is is with food basically because also a lot of time when i was eating i was eating on my own no one was there to look at me no one was there to judge me i could do whatever i wanted okay. you know um i mean in order to to beat this lack of confidence i could have raised my hand at school wanted to speak um, do these little things when you're around people and you force yourself. But for me, it was so much easier to do it with food. And I thought by looking a certain way, I would love what I would see in the mirror and I would dare doing all those things I didn't dare doing, such as speaking, which was to me one of the biggest ones. And so I would just go to this diet who, I mean, is, when I think back, is, is crazy. It's 1,200 calories a day and then this much exercise every week. And I will see results, obviously you see results because there's such a trusting contrast with what I was doing before. Mm. And I will see results and I would be so proud of myself. And so that will bring me a sudden sense of confidence, which wouldn't last very long. Yeah. Um, it was very temporary. And then obviously the diet will not last very long because then you go back to your old habits. Yes. And then we are back in this cycle. Of feeling bad with myself, of wanting to hide, of not wanting to do anything, and, you know, and it was constantly like that. Constantly um, like that. You use you use a beautiful word because then it's like, yeah, I'm back into the cycle, and mm, then it back, seems exactly. like in your case with your mom getting ill, that forced you to break the cycle, basically. But it forced me in a way. I it didn't force me because I didn't even realize, you know. Oh, yes. Yeah, you didn't realize you were in the cycle. No, exactly. No, I mean, I knew I was in the cycle. That I knew that. Oh, okay. I mean, I, as much as I didn't want to say it, or you know, um, I was in it. But what I didn't realize is how I got of it. It was so natural, you know, because as I say, I I I got that bad news. Then I read that book, and I found all these benefits that food could have on your body. I really never thought food was medicine before. And then I was just so I was just so fascinated by it that I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to apply all of the things I was reading. And as it became obvious to me that I didn't want to hurt my body anymore because it was against everything I was reading. All I wanted is wow. to nourish my body. And once I came from a place of wanting to nourish my body, then it was easy. You know, there was no more self-destruction, no more self-sabotage. Um, everything fell into place. Oh, that's beautiful. And now that you say self-destruction and kind of nurturing your body, did you see any physical difference in your body before and after you changed your eating habits? Well, that's actually the 
funny story, you know, is like once I stopped, wanted to control my diet, wanted to count calories. That, that's actually, it was the easiest time for me when I, I went into the weight that I wanted to be in and the weight that was right to me for my health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it became so easy. There was no more effort because I wasn't obsessed with the food I was eating and obsessed with counting, letting go, finally letting go, you know? Yeah. Oh, and nice. you were finding, you were in the state of perfect health. Yeah. And um, really? it all falls into place. And you know, this um, this happens, I'm, I'm now a coach and it happens with all of my clients. They come to me with this one because I help women with wanting to lose weight. And so they come to me expecting me to give them a meal plan and a workout routine Exactly, like this diet, please give me the diet that is going to help me lose X amount of weight. And I never start, I will give a meal plan at some point because I know it's helpful and it can guide you at the beginning, but I never start with a meal plan because it is not what's going to help you in the first place. In the first place, you need to feel good with yourself. And it sounds cliche, it sounds like, you know, how oh, I'm gonna do that, like, come on, I can do some meditation if you want, but that's not what's gonna help me. It, I mean, I'm not telling him to do meditation, <laughs> I ask him to do some inner work and, and we often don't want to start with that. We really don't think it's going to help us or we don't want to go there. So much resistance. And this resistance is what is preventing us from losing the weight in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That is so powerful because resistance is not only preventing us from the weight that we want, but it's like from the weight and the job and the relationship and the money and the happiness and the peace of mind, everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. With this resistance was preventing my body to let go, you know? And also because I was depriving myself so much. Basically, when you deprive yourself of, of nourishment, your body, I was depriving myself of calories, no? Basically, I was having so little calories in my, in my diet that what will happen is at first you lose weight, but then your body is so intelligent you'll get used to this amount of calories you're giving it. What happens is then anything you eat, your body will just keep it for itself. You know, that's why it's not a long-term solution because you will never be able to sustain the 1,000 calories a day. And once you go back to even 1,200 calories a day, those 200 calories, your body thinks, I have to protect myself because she may go back to 1,000 calories a day. Let's keep it. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes. And, and once you know that, you don't want to do that to your body and to yourself. Yeah, that is so true. You know productive. Yeah, like my mom used to tell me that when I was like, a, not even a teenager, you know, like a girl and teenager, she was like, dieting is not good because basically what you're doing is your body is like so kind of like in alarm, kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to eat next, that whenever you eat and it's like, oh, I want everything and I'm going to hold on to that everything so it doesn't work (laughs) absolutely yes it's exactly that so coming back to persistence and you said hey there was resistance but then you learned to let go and then you also mentioned that when you work with your clients the first step to lose weight is not having a strong meal plan but it's more of doing the inner work so how do you, how do we work through that resistance? 
how do we identify it and then how do we let go it's very easy to say let go and many times mentally you're like oh, yeah and let go but in reality we haven't so how do you how would you how do we deal with the resistance yeah yeah i mean it's a process that's for sure i mean it requires a lot of self-reflection it requires a lot of you me myself asking lots of questions and listening and oftentimes people without even asking the question they come to their own answer and there are many ways it could also be there could be so many reasons it could be past traumas such as for example i didn't have a trauma but i had the experience of seeing my mom criticizing herself and unless i realized that then once i realized i was also realizing all the negative self-talk and we had to kind of i had to kind of erase this negative self-talk through a lot of different techniques um after meditations uh, doing a, a sport I like, look, forcing myself to look at myself in the mirror and in self-criticizing, finding the things that I like, you know, all these little actions, daily little exactly. actions I'm all about. Yeah, and that's a very, that's all a big one, looking at the mirror. And instead of saying, so for example, now, I'm sure that if you look at yourself now with critical eyes, you'll find someone. If I look at myself now, I'll be like, oh, I don't know, the hair is not. You could always find something. something. Yeah. And on the other hand, I can still look at myself in the mirror or in the screen now in Zoom, not <laughs> in Zoom all the time, yeah. and say, oh, I love how my hair looks today. Yeah, it's just absolutely. It's a change in mindset and how we see ourselves and talk to ourselves. And that makes sense. And that requires practice. Because if you've been used to talking to yourself negatively, this voice is so much louder than the positive ones. And so you, you want to raise it completely. And actually, we have thousands of thoughts every single day and a lot of those are negative so we need to force the positive ones because the negatives just come as out out of nowhere so you need to force yourself into the positive and i don't know if you know mel robbins yes um, she was famous for that ted talk yeah. exactly and she released the book not long ago is the high five yeah and so basically during the pandemic she had a pretty hard time she had lost her dream job and she was not feeling like waking up in the morning anyway. She wakes up, she goes into in front of the mirror and she starts criticizing herself with the, without realizing it. And then she came with this idea of giving herself a high five because it's such a powerful thing. And it's so encouraging when you give a high five to someone, you feel connected and you feel encouraged. And so she's starting doing that and then she felt this positivity and then she starts saying nice things about herself. And so you see, what I wanted to say is that out of these small daily actions, work doesn't mean you have to spend an entire day writing everything that's wrong in your life or writing a list of things you love. You don't have to do this. It's tiny actions repeated every single day that will yes. bring you to this state of positivity and seeing yourself in a different light. Yes, which is a very good point. One of my coaches, he calls it micro shifts. And I love it because it's, if there's a thing that it's like a baby step, but this is like smaller yes. than a baby step. This is just like a micro shift that it's like, hey, today in the morning, looked at myself in the mirror and I stopped criticizing. Micro shift, yeah. huge, it's huge. Just not doing that, it's huge. And it's in the micro yeah, shift absolutely. that you start transforming and changing and creating what you really mm -hmm. want. Absolutely. And even if you, if you look at yourself and you say, oh, my skin is hanging and you've said it, it's too late you've said it because it's almost like it comes like that. Yeah. And then, okay, you catch yourself. Okay, I've said that, but, oh, my eyes are so beautiful and my hair is shiny. You, you know, you come up with something else right after. 
And that's but, oh, that's a beautiful point because then you can exactly you can say oh, well I already said it, <laughs> but but in addition to that, yeah, my hair looks exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that is awesome. So part of the work that you do is yes, holistic nutrition, and you say hey, we start with mindset, and. The other part of the work that you do is ETF, EG tapping. How yes. do you mix the two? How do the two come together? Yeah, so I fell in love with EFT not that long ago, actually. It was last year at the, at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I've always, I mean, I've always, for the past five years, I've, doing, I've been doing meditation on a regular basis and I've loved it. It's really brought me into a state of calm many times. But the first day I did EFT, after a 10-minute session, I had a huge smile on my face and this feel, because I was really stressed before doing it. And right after, I, was, I wasn't just calm. I was so happy, <laughs> genuinely happy, as if I had received a great news. Yeah. And so I, I have been doing, I have trained. Literally, a week later, I was training as an EFT practitioner because I, it was so that impactful. And I've been practicing every single day since then. And you can do EFT for a lot of different um, issues, I would say. So for anger, resentment, weight loss, um, stress, anxiety, many, many things. And with EFT, I help my client. For example, I have a client who is struggling. We realized that, so we had gone on to two months of coaching and basically two months perfectly, she had lost the weight. And then something happened and she went back onto her old eating habits. Mm -hmm. We tried to dig deeper and find that the cause was the emotional eating. And so no matter the perfect meal plan I had given her, and no matter all the habits she had started to implement, the emotional eating was the problem. She had received the bad news at work. And then she went, her way of dealing with that news, like a lot of us, was to eat because it's an immediate feel good, um, feel good feeling, yeah, comfort, basically. Comfort, comforting feeling. Exactly. Which is then replaced by guilt, and that's the problem. It would be fine if you eat to comfort yourself. I, I find myself not long ago eating some ice cream because I, I needed some comfort, but then I didn't feel guilty. The problem is when you feel guilty afterwards. She felt right. guilty, and then she was feeling guilty, and she thought, I have eaten half of the pack of cookies. I may as well finish it. She was feeling so shit. I don't know if I can say this well, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's for growing and, um, <laughs> and so then when we found that um, where the where emotional eating was coming from, it was coming from a fact of feeling rejected. And we tap into the rejection. And once we could tap into the rejection and replace the rejection by something else that was more positive and seeing it now as something that was as big as she was making it, then she was indulging in, um, emotional eating less and less, but she didn't know it was because of a reject of the rejection in the first place. Yeah, you like that theme is so relevant for many of us because rejection comes up if you're working and you had a bad day, or your colleague said something or challenged you or something. We feel it's like we feel what's the word funky let's say yes what? because like there's a range of feelings so I don't want to put it like one mm. it's like you feel funky 
But then what's behind that funkiness, it's this thought process of how you really felt. And you mm -hmm. felt like rejected, not accepted, judged. And probably exactly lies, like you said at the beginning, you felt judged. That's why when you ate and exactly. you were on your own, you're like, I ate everything that, that I want because I'm not judged. So it's like that yes. feeling of rejection and feeling judged applies at work, building a business, dating, basically on everything. So like, many, many things. Like as a mom, like it applies in so many areas of our life. So I'm very glad that you brought that specific example. So yeah. can you go like with tapping? Basically, I've done tapping, but I'm not an expert, but basically how it works. I know that you explain further in, in kind of more yeah. size ways, but it's like, usually what we do, it's like we have a statement, something that mm -hmm. doesn't make us feel good. And then we replace it with a more empowering exactly. statement. And then we tap, properly tap with the fingers on specific meridian points in the, mainly in the face or different parts of the body, face and arms kind of body. So yes. with her, what type of phrase can you get, can you give us an example exactly? What type of phrase could you do to do tapping on rejection? Mm -hmm. So for her, it was something she had said, and I'm not going to in, going into the details, but basically the okay. sentence that we say is that um, even, even though, because you need so what you say is very important. You need to acknowledge the negative feelings because the more you try to put it aside and to ignore it, the stronger and the louder it is. Yes. So it's easy. And that's where a lot of anxiety comes from is us trying to ignore kind them. of ignore the things that is hurting us. So by acknowledging, it goes through you and it leaves you. Yeah. So basically what we say for her is like, even though I felt ashamed of what I say today, I love and accept myself. And so you type yeah. on the meridian point in the karate chop point, which is the side of the hand, and you acknowledge, really try to be very precise, like give as much detail. So you really feel the emotion as almost as if you were still saying that thing in front of your colleagues. And it can be hard, but you tap into this a few times and you say, I still love and accept myself. Or you can, if for you it's hard to say, I love myself, you can say, I accept myself. Mm -hmm. I accept who I am. And so you type a few times on the side of the hand and then you do one round. So they are about, um, right now, I can't remember how many region points, how many, I think nine or... And so you tap onto the first nine, I would say nine, I'm not sure. I think, so the um, eyebrow, you have the side of the eye, the under eye, under nose, under chin, the collarbone, under the arm. Yeah. And then you have top of the head. How many is that? <laughs> it's quite a few. So anyway, you tap onto all of those ones. And you say a different statement, but still is negative of everything you felt at that moment. So for her, she would say, I felt so judged. I felt so ridiculous. It was so hard to speak in front of everyone, all of these things. And then the second round, we start saying the positive. Okay. And, and the third is even more positive. And then you, by the end, you should feel calm and relaxed. And this situation shouldn't be affecting you the same way it had affected you a few hours earlier. And if it still affects you, so basically you need to rate your emotion on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the highest. If it's still higher, or if it's still the same as when you began, began or higher, then you start tapping again and you do it until it goes significantly down. Can you give us an example of a positive phrase in this example? 
So this example, she will say, um, even though I say something that fell out of place, I know that I'm a good speaker for, because she's a very good speaker. For example, she, she acknowledges who she is. It was just a mistake she made that day. She's still an eloquent speaker, so I am very eloquent. I stand with confidence, and suddenly she stood with confidence. You know, so you say all right, very right. simple sentences. Even, even you and I, <laughs> just now, yeah. stand with confidence. We both were like, "Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes." And with the emotional eating, um, you acknowledge also, for example, all the positive things you've been doing up to now. Like even though I've indulged in this pack of cookies, uh, I will start again tomorrow. For example, and you give your body and your mind the confidence that tomorrow is a different day and you will start again tomorrow and it's yeah. fine, you know. Yeah. And it's about really uh, giving yourself some slack. <laughs> I think it's I okay, think you're okay. Yes, you use a perfect word. And you know, even the simple sentence of saying, um, despite what I say, I am okay. Despite what I say, I love myself. Despite what I say, I have confidence because this situation doesn't define you. And that's what we need to remember. A specific situation doesn't define the person that you are. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Yes. Situation doesn't define us. No, a thought doesn't define you. A thought that you have in front of the mirror doesn't, nothing defines us as a person. No. And you can okay. start tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. We just need to give ourselves a little bit of breathing space. No yes. one is judging us, actually. We are the worst. Having fear that people are judging us, but that's because we are judging ourselves. I'm, no I mean, I'm the. I'm the. Everybody's busy judging themselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And awesome. you know, I'm. I'm. I'm using EFT on a daily basis because I mean, um, I myself go on with emotional eating a lot of times. I mean, I'm not going to say because I coach others that I'm perfect and I don't do no, these things. Actually, no because because of having done it and still sometimes I can help others better, you know, because exactly. I know how they're feeling. Yeah, because and, it's um, not theory. It is based on... Yeah, the real life experiences that you have. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. So as we start kind of wrapping up the episode, it could be super interesting if you can tell any woman or man who's listening to this how to feel better with themselves and their food choices and kind of their emotions, what would you say? Well, that's a lot of different things. <laughs> I would say the first thing is to start with the smallest step you can take. Um, it depends what your goal is, obviously, so that will be different. but. I'm going to give a very precise example. I had a client who wanted to lose weight and one of his steps that he wanted to take is to start running. So he told me, I want to start running 40 minutes every single day. And to be honest with him, I told him, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't want to bring you down, but I don't think you're going to be, you're going to be running every day. Um, yeah. If tomorrow it rains, what are you going to do? So even though I think he could do it, I don't think it's a goal he should set for, itself, for himself. So start with the smaller steps. And so what we agreed on is for him to put his workout clothes by his bed. That's the only thing we, we did, really. And he told me, is that really what I need to do? Like, how is that going to help me put my workout clothes by my bed? How is that yes. going to help me? Actually, it helped him because he woke up the next morning seeing his bed literally on his slippers 
he is bed, uh, <laughs> his clothes and his slippers, he wore them. And after you're wearing your clothes, you're not going to go back to bed. You're not going to start making yourself breakfast. Even if it's raining, and it was raining, so he didn't go for a run because he didn't fancy, but he did a workout on YouTube for 15 minutes. And this man hadn't worked out in years. And so every single day, the only goal he had was to put his workout clothes by his bed. And always he would do something. And he was, most of the time he wasn't running because most of the time he didn't fancy running and he didn't actually like running. He found other things he loved doing. He fell in love with Pilates. Uh, he went to a boxing class one day. I mean, you see, it could be different, but start with the smallest thing, really. Start having some green veggies in your meal. Don't change your meal. Just add some green veggies if you want to improve your diet. Don't remove add things. Maybe add an alarm clock in your bedroom if you are tired of looking at your phone and leave your phone in a, in a living room. You know, small, small things. That's what I would say. Awesome. And I think, yeah. yeah, that's very practical. And again, coming back to the micro shifts, it helps you to change in a sustainable manner because it's all about sustainability. It doesn't make sense to do this extreme regime of habits for a week or two. And then you go no. back to normal because it's not sustainable. Anything you do, you need to look at it in the long term. Will I be able to do this in two, five, 10 years time? If the answer is no, that's not gonna work. I like that. I, like, I love that actually. <laughs> it's a really good takeaway. It's like, hey, if I'm trying to change something, then it's like, what's the micro, 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 micro habit that I can exactly. start embedding into my life so that it's- like And once this is in, exactly. And once this is in your life, then you can add up. Exactly. Because you have been used to, so then it's easier and easier. Exactly, exactly. Rather than trying to start with, oh, let me build a huge change yes. of life and uh, eating habits or working habits or exercise habits, it's more of a, let me do something micro every day. Exactly, consistency exactly. Consistency will lead to sustainability. Absolutely, because motivation is never, is fading over time. You can't trust motivation. She's not to be trusted. <laughs> I like to say that. <laughs> Motivation will fade, you know. Yeah, motivate. start tiny and, and consistency is what's going to help you. Exactly. I love it. That's a very beautiful takeaway. Consistency with micro. micro yes, micro, absolutely. Micro That's the takeaway, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Well, anything else that you would like to, any other message that you would like to tell people? Now, just remind people to really spend some time every day in praising themselves, in giving themselves some little joy, some little positivity um, is very important for your, for your mind and your body, the connection yeah. of your mind and your body. For both, mind yes, and body. exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. It's been a pleasure having you in the show. And then where can we find you? Thank you. I loved it. I really loved it. Um, so the, you can find me on Instagram at Mimi's underscore delicacies, where I share recipes and health um, tips, mindset tips, etc. Then you can also book a free consultation with me because I don't like working with someone without knowing if we actually have a connection and if we will yes. work well together I because I like to guide my clients and to hold their hands and I need to feel connected to them and they need to feel connected to me. It works in both ways. So an initial consultation is a good way to start. And, um, and yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and my website as well. 
which is awesome. on, on Instagram. <laughs> and I will add all the details in the in the blurb in the Spotify. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> it's like people don't worry if you didn't get it. It's like it will be written in there. Well, thank you so much, Nami. And thank you, ladies Monica. and gentlemen, speak with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Sending you much, much love. Ciao. Thank you.